Today, we're talking about the Florida Gators quarterback situation. Since y'all keep talking about that in my YouTube comments, I was going to talk about how Florida Gators performed in the wild card round and looking forward to this round. But we can do that tomorrow. That's fine. So we're going to talk about quarterbacks for the first two segments, going through five quarterbacks. So we're talking about a bunch of them. Then we'll preview the men's basketball game versus Mississippi State tonight, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free for every listen to the podcast. Also, be sure, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Gators YouTube page. We're having fun there. We're going to start adding some more stuff and getting more involved there. It's going to be a blast. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeNonSports.com. You can find all of my written work. And we're going to talk about the quarterback situation today. The first segment, we're going to talk about the two starters from last year, Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. Second segment, we'll talk about the other three on roster. So first up, we're going to look at Anthony Richardson really, I was going to say really quickly, but it's not really quickly because we got, we got the first segment for him. Anthony Richardson is easily, easily the highest ceiling of all of the quarterbacks. And I realize I've called him a high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. He's clearly not the lowest floor guy that we have there, but he's the highest ceiling by a massive margin. If you're asking me, most powerful runner available. He's he's the type where you look at Emery, and Emery's not necessarily power. He's not necessarily finesse finesse really either he's just like a pick his spot and go guy is just fast he's not juking dudes out a whole bunch but anthony richardson not afraid to run through you not afraid to go over you and not afraid to go around you but power is kind of his style more than anything else he's got the biggest arm available i i'd say i'd say he's got the best arm available from all the quarterbacks. I think he's got the best arm and he's the best runner available, which is why I think he should be starting, but he's got the biggest flaw also, which is processing issues. Also accuracy is a big issue for him, which it's like, yeah, well, I mean, he can't accurately throw and he can't really read the defense. Well, guess what? The rest of this team, not great at that either. So that's why I think Anthony Richardson should be the guy. He's got the biggest arm. He's got the most mobility and he he's already, on par with everybody else when you look at accuracy when you look at reading a defense we talk about processing issues with emory jones we talk about processing issues with anthony richardson they're different kind of issues emory's just really late on making his reads anthony richardson just either goes through them too quickly or doesn't seem to make them he's just like i'm running this ball so that that's what we're talking about they got different kind of processing issues but again both have processing issues anthony richardson also has that gunslinger mentality that emory doesn't have but Anthony Richardson's just like, hey, F it. Someone's down there somewhere. And and we see quarterbacks like that find a lot of success. You look at guys like, obviously, I'm not comparing the two, but or necessarily comparing the two, but Anthony Richardson and you know Patrick Mahomes, he's always playing trying, he's always trying to play hero ball. And you look at Anthony Richardson, he tries to play hero ball and he can play hero ball. But when you look at someone who plays hero ball also, you know, they're gonna make mistakes. And it's one of those things where you can look at guys like like, like like Alex Smith comparing to Patrick Mahomes. And it's like Alex Smith might win you some games. He's not going to lose you games, but he's probably not going to also bring your team back on his back. That, that's Alex Smith. That's not necessarily Emory Jones. Emory Jones will lose you games. But Anthony Richardson is like Patrick Mahomes where 
a big arm, not afraid to take those shots. They're going to win you games, but they're also going to lose you games. And that's where you have to think about, is the trade-off worth it? You know, is the possibility of our quarterback losing us the game worth the possibility of him making these insane plays and winning us the game? So that's up to Billy Napier if he wants to go, you know what, F it. I think it's worth it. Then so be it. That's up to Billy Napier. He also, Anthony Richardson, also kind of panics under pressure more than Emery, I'd say. I think that might be Emery's best trait over Anthony Richardson is not necessarily the ability, the ability to handle pressure perfectly, but I think Emery, you know, you know, kind of kind of loses you less there because Anthony Richardson he panics under pressure a bit and forces throws, which we saw with, I mean, towards the end of the LSU game, that was really like yikes and things like that. Where look, Anthony Richardson, perfect example. He brought us back in that game, and then he also threw the bad pick at the end or two picks towards the end of it, and it was like, yikes, that's that's pretty ugly football there. And Emory Jones, he's got the most starting experience on the team, which, not saying much, it's not even a full season, really. Um, very skilled as a runner in the sense of, you know, again, he's not going to make people miss a ton, but he, he's got a little wiggle to his game. He's got enough speed to pick up yards. He led the team in carries and rushing yards this season. We've seen Billy Napier be successful with a quarterback like that in Levi Lewis literally this past season. Um and you know, I, I think when you look at Emery, he's got a he's got an above average arm for sure. Uh, but I, I think his biggest issue, like Anthony Richardson, the biggest issue is the mental part of the game where Emery, he he's late on his reads. He doesn't want to pull the trigger on a deep ball, which does suck because if you're not willing to challenge vertically, that takes a lot away from the passing game to begin with. Um you look at again the processing issues. He's he's a little slow there. Um, I, I again, I think the thing that really separates Emery from Anthony, or not the thing, but the thing where Emery separates from Anthony is really has the ability to handle pressure. Where you could look at the Central Florida game where Emery was just like, okay, I'm gonna make my couple reads and take off running if it's not there. And I don't think you see that with Anthony Richardson. I think with Anthony Richardson, you see he wants to run the ball or he wants to throw the ball. He's not taking what's there for him. And I, and I think that's a big thing that Emery does better than uh, Anthony Richardson. But, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where I know that a lot of fans have soured on Emory Jones, and I know that I have not soured on Emory Jones, and I will still stand by him. Um, <laughs> I, I think that when you look at Emory Jones, he's better than fans give him credit for, than most fans give him credit for, or at least the most vocal fans give him credit for. Uh, I, I also think he's probably not as good as I think he is or as good as I give him credit for. But, you know, I, I, I think he's someone who fans soured on him, fans booed him, fans did it. And I, I, I realize every time I say fans booed him, it's like, oh, no, we were bullying Mullen. It's like, mm, or they were bullying, booing Mullen. It's like, mm, I don't think that's true <laughs> at all. Because, you know, and it's like, oh, we were, we were booing Mullen for putting Emery back in the game. And it's like, so you were booing Emery. Like, like if it makes no sense with some fans. But again, these are the likely two starting quarterbacks. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the other three who I'm, I'm not going to rule anybody out. I'll say that. I'm, I'm not ruling a single quarterback out of this. We're going to talk at all of them. I watched as much as I could find on them. Uh, we're going to talk about them in just a minute. It's the new year, so that means it's New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or getting healthier, eating healthier, whatever it may be, Include Bill Barr in your diet plan. I'm really bad at keeping mine. You, you guys know this. I'll talk about this all the time. I'm really bad. I, I got a sweet tooth. I love sweets. I I, eat, I didn't eat chocolate today, so that's it. 
Did I eat chocolate today? No, I didn't eat chocolate today. So there's that. But uh, yeah, I, I like sweets. I mean, that's been my that's been my weakness for years. Built Bar is something that I do eat to kind of keep that uh, not in check, but you know, it, it handles my sweet tooth. It's only it's already coated in 100% chocolate. Uh, it's only got 130 calories, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So that's my biggest thing. I don't gotta feel guilty about eating chocolate when I eat Built Bar, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I feel good about it. I don't care. So that's what you could do. And they've always got new limited time flavors coming out. They're always updating their stuff. It's honestly insane how many flavors of Built Bar there are. It's it's just ridiculous. Make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. Looking at the other three Gators quarterbacks that are possible starters, unless they add someone else, and we see more things happen. Uh, Jack Miller III is the person that we're going to talk about. Jack Miller III is, of course, the Ohio State transfer. Um, I know a lot of people like him, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know what? Uh, he looked bad in the spring game last year. Um, how do I put this, like, like without being rude? Uh, do you think I give a damn how he looked in a spring game? Hell no. No one cares how you look in a spring game. I, I get it. You know, it's, it's the best evaluation you're going to get of guys against each other, but I, I tend to not look at those games and be like, oh, like this is huge evaluation. I look at it more as like, this is awesome seeing our offense go against our defense and things like that. I get it. Coaches get more out of it, but I, I think it's hard for us to be like, oh, Jack Miller didn't look great in the Ohio State spring game, so he won't be good at Florida. I, I think that's silly. Um, I think when you look at arm strength, Jack Miller probably fits best with Emory Jones in that same realm. Uh, below Anthony Richardson, of course. I think the place where Jack Miller really stands out, I, I think he's got really clean mechanics. Just watching, you know, I watched the spring game. I watched everything I could of him. I think he's got really clean throwing mechanics. Uh, if, if he can make reads in-game and if he can be decisive in-game, he might already be the best passer on the field. Again, not as strong as arm, not as strong an arm as Anthony Richardson. I don't care if you have a strong arm or anything, Richard. If you can make the damn throws and you can get this passing game going, go. I don't. I don't care who's out there. I don't care if you look at Naquan Wright and you're like, you know what? He's the best passer on the then play my quarterback. I don't give a damn. I, I want to win games. That's what I want. If it's Jack Miller, it's Jack Miller. So be it. I think he's got really clean mechanics. If he can be decisive and if he can, you know, make the reads that it, that he needs to make as a passer, I, I think he's better than we've got right now. Honestly, I think Emery's way too slow when he makes reads. I think Anthony Richardson is way too inconsistent in terms of if he's even making them at all. Sometimes, I I I, I feel like he's just like, yeah, uh, I'll I'll see if it. F it, Jacob Copeland down there somewhere. Um, Jack Miller also not very mobile, and I know people have talked about you know he's not mobile enough to run uh, the Billy Napier off. And here's the thing: if his lack of mobility was such a big issue, and that would keep Billy Napier from running his offense. Billy Napier wouldn't have brought Jack Miller on. Like, like it's not like Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson or Carlos Aurelio Wilson or Jalen Kitna, where it's like they were already on roster and Billy Napier just inherited them. No. Billy Napier brought Jack Miller to Florida. Like, Billy Napier saw Jack Miller and was like, this is good enough to run my offense. Billy Napier doesn't need a mobile quarterback. It just helps open some things up, but you don't need it. You know what else helps, helps open things up? A quarterback that's competent. And that's what Jack Miller could be. He could be that guy, and and I have no issues with it if he ends up being the guy. Next is Carlos Del Rio Wilson, <laughs> and I'll be honest. I, I know a lot of 
A lot of listeners like him, and I know a lot of people that watch this like him. I, I'm not saying I don't like him. Um, I, I I just haven't been super impressed with him. Uh, I think he's average to above average at pretty much everything, which is good because we have guys like Anthony Richardson who is exceptional in some areas and way below average in some areas. And same thing with Emory Jones, exceptional in some areas. Well, very good in some areas, but very bad in other areas. So I think Carlos Wilson, Carlos Real Wilson is really like, like, I think he's the definition of, I don't know if he can win you games, but I don't think he'll lose you games. And I, I don't, I'm not saying he's got a low ceiling or anything like that. I, I just think he, right now he's average to above average at everything from what I've watched with camps and practice and everything I can watch from him. Uh, that's what I come away with. My biggest concern with him is I don't like his, I don't like his mechanics and accuracy seems to be a bit of an issue, but I think that might be because of his mechanics. Uh, he, he's tightened it up for sure, but I, I think his release is just way too long. And when you have an offensive line that struggles as much as it does, and when you have an offense that wants to push the ball vertically downfield at least a bit, I think having a long, winding throwing motion opens you up to take hits that you shouldn't be taking. It opens you up to you know, get, try to rush your throws and be forced into making mistakes and bad decisions and throwing picks. I think that the mechanics add on to, to things. And I, I think that's what we're talking about when we look at a guy who, you know, he doesn't have an insane arm. Like Anthony Richardson can get away with having some poor mechanics at times because he's got a big enough arm where it'll make up for it. You know, if he's thrown off his back foot, he, he can still get the ball there sometimes. Again, accuracy is an issue, but he can still get the ball to the general vicinity of where it needs to be. I think if Carlos O'Reilly Wilson is kind of throwing off his back foot, getting hit, we're going to, we're going to see some ugly throws and we're going to see some bad picks. And that that's, that's one concern that I have with Carlos O'Reilly Wilson and his elongated throwing motion uh, is that, yeah, I, I think that could genuinely be an issue in an offense where, yeah, we're going to see a lot of screens. We're going to see a lot of quick passes, but we're also going to see probably 20% of the passes be deep downfield. I mean, maybe a little bit less than that, but we're, but we're going to see an offense that they're going to want to push vertically downfield, especially when we keep adding offensive weapons to this team. It's going to be like, okay, well, we've got these playmakers. Get them the ball downfield. Get them the ball short, and that might be a little bit of an issue for Carlos Wilson to do. The last quarterback that we're going to talk about is Jalen Kidna, and I think the most impressive thing with Jalen Kidna I think there are two things that are very impressive with Jalen Kidna. One, his mechanics. Um, I, I I think that's very obvious, though, given that his dad is John Kitna, who was an NFL quarterback for quite some time. So I think when you have a dad that's an NFL quarterback, yeah, mechanics are going to be the thing where you're exceptional. So that's that's what Jalen Kidna is exceptional at. But I think another thing that he does really well, which is probably partially due to him having an NFL quarterback dad is that he is very able to navigate the pocket and evade pressure in that way. I don't think he's a great athlete. I I think he's an okay athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete, but I think he's got a very good feel for the pocket and he's able to step up when he needs to and shift when he needs to. And I, I think that's one thing that's very impressive with him and that I don't think we see enough from quarterbacks at the college level. I think a lot of it is just, you know, out athleting guys at times. Um, I think Jalen Kidna isn't going to out athlete you, but he might actually, I don't want to say finesse, but he might, he might actually technique you 
he might out technique you there. Uh, I think he's got okay arm strength. He's probably got the weakest arm from all the quarterbacks that I spoke about today, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. I do think that with him, you're going to take away the deep pass, the deep pass a little bit. Um, just because I, I don't know if he can drive the ball downfield enough to really challenge vertically like that. I think he can get it there, but I think it's going to be one of those looping passes. And I like, like in Madden, just tap X uh, one of, one of those situations where, yeah, like you could get the ball there, but if it took that long, there's going to be defenders there. Uh, I think if he wins the starting job, he'll be able to run most of the offense uh, pretty effectively and pretty efficiently. But again, this offense won't be as explosive as it could be because of his lack of arm strength to get the ball downfield with urgency and to move the ball downfield properly. And because of his lack of mobility, again, you don't need to be mobile to run this offense. But if you're not an exceptional passer, or if you're not a great passer, if you can't make these reads, you can't make these throws properly, uh, I, I think it hurts a little bit to not also be as mobile because, I, again, Billy Napier doesn't need you to be mobile, but it certainly helps. And if you can't throw the ball deep, then guess what? This defense is going to be all up at the line of scrimmage, and you got to make them work by being mobile, I think at least. you got to make them work by being a bit mobile, and I don't know if Jalen Kittner can really do that. I'm excited to see all these guys. Again, I, again I've only said I'm not super impressed with Carlos or Wilson, but if any of them start, so be it. I, in Billy, we trust. You know, I'm just going to roll with whoever he wants to go and whoever he thinks will, <laughs> will win some damn games for this team. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls right over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? With poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, you boomer. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close out your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one cloud financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash locked. To wrap up today's show, we are going to talk about tonight's game between the Florida Gators and the Mississippi State Bulldogs men's basketball game. Uh, they play tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Gators are 10-6 going into this game and are 4-6 in their last 10 games starting the year 6-0. And, and then, uh, wow. And then, and then yeah, you, you, you guys know what happened <laughs> by this point. Uh, the Gators have not won a home game since December 22nd versus Stony Brook, which... Um, New York represent, ooh, um, I guess. <laughs> if you're looking for, or if you're looking at the scoring offense and the scoring defense, this game is insanely close. Florida has a slightly worse offense, I believe about two points per game, worse offensively, and a slightly better defense, I believe 1.2 points per game, better defensively than Mississippi State is. If you look at the record, you see that Mississippi State, 12-4, and four, and you're like, all right, well, 12-4 and four is pretty considerably better than 10 and six, but Mississippi state has also had a significantly easier schedule. And that's one thing where I get it. I've been going after Mike white. A lot of people have been going after Mike white. Now I'm going to talk about this a little later because I don't want to take away from, but yes, 
Florida's played a very tough schedule. It's not a matter of just wins or losses. It's how this team looks in those wins and losses, which again, we'll, we'll get to it again. <laughs> My biggest concern here, it's not keeping up with the Bulldogs offensively, which I get it. Yeah, to win games, you have to score more points than them. Ha, 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 ha. No, it's not just keeping up with their offense. I'm not scared of their offense. What scares me with the Bulldogs, specifically in this game against the Gators, I'm not talking about what scares me with the Bulldogs in general, um, but what scares me with the Bulldogs in this game against the Gators is the Bulldogs' ability to rebound. I think they do a fantastic job of getting in position, boxing out their opponents, and getting these rebounds, whether it's offensively or defensively. And I think that might be the killer for the Florida Gators because, you know, they've struggled immensely. You look at the South Carolina game, and off the top of my head, I think South Carolina had, I think it was 40 total rebounds, 22 offensive, 18 defensive, if I'm not wrong. I might be wrong, but I I think those are the numbers, or at least I know that they had more. It might have been 21 offensive, 17 defensive. That might have been the number, 38 total. Uh, Sorry. Yes, yeah, that's me. Um, So I think Mississippi State, I think they're better rebounding the ball than South Carolina is, and you're going to look at this game, and you're going to go, I mean, Florida struggled at times on the boards, and I mean, Colin Castleton, he, he struggled a little bit boxing out and getting his end. I mean, look at the South Carolina game. They just got killed on the offensive boards. And I, I think that's a big issue. I think another big issue where this matchup is possibly going to get really ugly, Mississippi State offensively does a very good job of taking care of the ball. They don't have a ton of turnovers. They don't let their opponents get a ton of steals. And I think that really sucks because I think that bodes well for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, because the Florida Gators have needed to be able to score off of turnovers. About a third of their points this season come off of turnovers. And you look at a team that, well, they don't turn the ball over much, and our Florida Gators rely on you turning the ball over. I mean, it's essentially a battle of Florida's going to try to force you to turn the ball over. And Mississippi State is like, hey, we're going to play our game. But we're going to try to not do that. So I think that's a big issue where Mississippi State knows how to box out and rebound. Mississippi State knows how to take care of the ball. And both of those things, I think, are going to kill Florida. Um, I'm, I'm not super optimistic going into this game, especially for this next part. Uh, I think this is one of those games where the offense needs to step up. And I don't know if they can. And that's what's worrying, that's what's worrying me. That I'm, I'm going to the same thing, and this offense needs to step up. The offense needs to be uh, smarter, more efficient, and outright just better, man. Like it's a simple, it's, it's just it's, it's as simple as that. You need to be better if you want to have a shot at winning this game. And now here I am going to Mike White, like I mentioned before. Um, I get it. I've been going after Mike White quite a bit. I've been giving him a lot of crap lately, but I think I've finally come to accept what it is that really, really bothers me about him and and it's really what what sends me over the edge with him is that it's not about shot selection which or well it's partially about shot selection and but it's not just shot selection it's not just the turnovers it's not just the lineup and i'm not about to be like it's a combination no i'm not even saying that what's what's bothering me is that the same issues since the beginning of the season are still here and they're still persisting, and that is what's bothering me. For the entire season, this team has been bad at some things and has not gotten better at said things, turning the ball over, shot selection being straight crap, 
rebounding, not boxing out, not getting position, not fighting for these hard enough. And I, I think that the fact that all of those issues still remain when all of those are very simple or very simply defined as fundamental basketball, none of those things. And I'm not talking Spurs basketball where you're going to pass the ball a thousand times, but I'm, I'm saying that those issues are fundamental basketball and you have not been able to correct them or really improve upon them because the biggest improvement has been taking out guys like Myron Jones who shoots those bad shots. You're not fixing the team. You're just trying to minimize the weaknesses by removing some of the people that are causing those issues. And it's just sad that he can't get his team to buy into him and he can't get his team to play harder for him and he can't get his team to, to do what they need to do. I mean, it's like this dude doesn't have enough badges to train Pokemon. Like, I, like, does he need the? Does he need more badges? Go to Cinnabar Island, fight Blaine. Come on, man! Like, you got, you got to be able to get these guys into shape. That's all I'm saying. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about the Florida Gators. Probably talk about their performances in the wild card round and looking towards the divisional. Uh, now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily. One-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling for Lockdown Gators. I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all of my written work, and I will see you all tomorrow.